This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Every once in a while, we find a murder case where a perfectly innocent picture was taken of the victim just hours before they were killed. Uh, Yeah, those are always chilling. Absolutely. That's how I felt when I looked at the photo of Alana Gwinner a young woman whose photo was snapped by a friend at the Gilmore Bowling Lanes in Fairfield, Ohio. She had a white cowboy hat on. She wore blue jeans and a cropped blue and white striped sweater. She is absolutely radiant, a bright white smile framed by long brown locks that curled down over her shoulder. A friend once described her to reporters as vibrant, fun, classy, and sassy, Her aunt said she loved country music and line dancing. This last image taken of her represented all of those things. But a couple of hours after that photo was taken, Lainey disappeared. It was December 10, 1997, a Wednesday, and Lainey, that's what her friends and family called her, she had reason to be smiling. Earlier that day, the 23-year-old had passed a final college exam at the University of Cincinnati. It was the last step to earning her associate's degree in business. That evening, Lainey and a friend went to the bowling lanes to celebrate. They hung out with friends and played some pool. Then, shortly after midnight, she called her boyfriend to let him know she was on her way to see him. He lived less than two miles from the bowling alley. She never made it. Lainey's boyfriend and family went to the bowling alley looking for her when she didn't show up, but they couldn't find any sign of her or her car, a black 1993 Honda Del Sol. When she didn't show up in time for work the next morning, the police were called. Friends, family, and investigators spent weeks searching for her. Her car was put in a national data bank for critical missing persons. If it had turned up anywhere in the country, Fairfield police would have been notified. They never were. For 31 days, Laney was a missing person. That changed on January 11, 1998. In a completely unrelated case in Covington, Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati, A police officer was involved in a scuffle while trying to make an arrest. The battle took place on a bridge over the Ohio River, and the officer fell to his death in the icy waters below. Searchers went to the river to locate his body. And during the search, a shipmate on a tugboat saw something floating in the water. This was near the city of Warsaw, Kentucky, 60 miles from where Laney had disappeared. But it was her. She was fully clothed, and while the cause of death hasn't been publicized, she was not sexually assaulted 
and was assuredly dead before being left in the river. Laney's family was devastated. Fairfield police went to work trying to narrow down a pool of suspects. Was it someone from the bowling alley? There were hundreds of people there that night. But the case soon went into the cold case closet, where it remained until 2005, when Laney's family asked that the case be transferred to the Butler County Sheriff's Office. There, Detective Frank Smith, a veteran homicide detective now in the cold case unit, took charge. The website, stilltheyspeak.com, did a wonderful feature story a few years ago on Smith and his determination to solve this case. The website said the investigation into Laney's death had started as a couple of notebooks worth of information. During Smith's investigation, it grew to 40 binders of info, including 1,200 interviews and the results of 100 polygraph exams. Smith visited prisons and spoke with inmates, did background checks on every name he came across. Detective Smith came to believe that Laney's killer nabbed her before she even got into her car, a parking lot abduction, likely a stranger who intended to rape Laney. But Smith said he also believes Laney was a fighter and that the assault wasn't completed. And frustrated, the assailant opted to just kill her. He believes the killer then put her into her car, drove her to the Ohio or perhaps the Miami River, south of Fairfield, and rolled the car down an embankment. Some 150 nautical miles of the Ohio River have been surveyed with sonar, hoping to find Laney's car which still has yet to be found. Sonar pings a signal to the river bottom, and if it encounters a dense object like a car, it reports back. A company called Texas EquiSearch still hasn't stopped looking for that car. Sonar searches have been continued as recently as 2018, with promises of more searching to come. Smith said cars submerged in the river can get covered with silt within a week, making them almost undetectable by sonar, but weather events can also cause that silt to shift, uncovering the same vehicle. It was probably a weather event that dislodged Laney's body. Two days before she was found, the Ohio River rose to flood levels because of rain and melting snow. That could have forced her body out of the car, enabling it to travel a distance before being discovered. Her body was fully clothed and in such good condition, authorities believe it had to have been protected inside the car that long month. Whichever river hides the car, it could indicate that the killer needed a lift after the deed was done. It's quite possible he called a friend or family member to ask for a ride, perhaps someone living in northern Kentucky. If that's the case, it's also quite possible that the person who gave him a ride has no idea he or she helped the killer right. get away. Yeah. Detective Smith has pleaded with residents of northern Kentucky to recall back to the early morning hours of December 10, 1997. If someone could remember giving someone a ride, they could hold valuable information to solve this mystery. In 2017, Detective Smith put up billboards with Laney's photo and a reward of $10,000, hoping for information. 
both of Lainey's parents died without answers. That's always tragic. It is. A relative said the family was convinced the loss of Lainey pushed both parents into an early grave. And I think we see that also time and again. Right. But others have taken up the cause. Just this past year, Mason High School took the case on as a forensic class project. Teacher Randy Hubbard and a junior in his class who wants to pursue a career in forensics, Evan Fletcher, started interviewing witnesses, piecing together their own timeline, and talking to investigators. They've added a few little facts to the case. For instance, they found one acquaintance who saw Laney talking to someone outside the bowling alley earlier in the evening, a man wearing a dress shirt and dress pants, perhaps five foot nine. Maybe nothing but something that had never been mentioned before. Yeah, I just recently drove through northern Kentucky, and there's some pretty dark places there. I mean, there's hardly any lighting, you know, just no cities around. Yeah. And if somebody, I I think that's how this case might get solved, is somebody can remember picking somebody up in a remote area of northern Kentucky. I mean, the, the... Challenge is getting somebody to remember a specific date so long ago. Yeah. But, you know, it was December 10. If you kind of put yourself in the frame of mind, it was Christmas month. Um, you know, what were you doing in 97? Right. Can you, you know, can you get back to that and, and see? But somebody out there knows something. Yeah. Just got to find it. All right. Well, that's it for our midweek 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week and may all of your mysteries have happy endings. might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either she's wendy and i'm beth and together we host fruit loop serial killers of color a true crime podcast Together, we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.